0: What up, everybody? I'm Rocky. I'm Brenda. And I'm Kirby. And this is Set Times. So on this episode today, we're going to have a friend of mine, a co-worker, a guy that I met in the industry that does a great job. And let's just say he knows how to keep people happy. He works with a bunch of artists that are known, big-name artists. He's got a nice background in the industry. And he's doing his thing. So, I'd like to
1: introduce Aaron. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Welcome what to up, the show. Up.
2: Thank you so much for being here. We greatly appreciate it.
1: It's good to be here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what's your title? So i wear I wear a bunch of hats uh, right now. at At the moment, uh, my two primary my two primary projects I'm working on right now. I am the tour manager for the electronic artist Nightmare and another electronic artist by the name of peekaboo oh, oh yes yeah. yeah. yes base yes. projects yes. bro so i do i do those two right now both incredible people very 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 fortunate and thankful that they both they both trust me and we've had a really good start to the year so far um on top of that um i'm coming off of six years at insomniac as a stage liaison which is where i met kirby and we've had a lot of really fun times together Yes, sir. A lot of late nights. A lot of meals. A lot of meals. Gotten this guy a lot of meals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta so, eat. Got, gotta gotta <laughs> feed the man. That's great. Yeah, but it's good. But yeah, I, I basically, you know, a lot of the, the centerfold for me being on the road also comes from interfacing with a lot of the artists and the teams. And thankfully, both Nightmare and Peekaboo, you know, I've had many great shows with them over the years. So it's nice to be on the road with them now full time.
3: Nice. That's awesome. And for the people who don't know, what is an artist liaison? Like, what is... What are some of the
1: things you would do? So there's a couple different roles within uh, the artist relations team. There's compound liaisons. Okay. Who primarily focus on taking care of the artists and their crews within the artist compound before they come to stage. And then there are stage liaisons, which is, which was my role, which is where I'm at Kirby. And we are kind of the middle piece between the stage manager and the artist teams. So we're kind of, we kind of dissect all the information that we get from the artist teams, we dissect the information from the stage manager, and I'm kind of the point man for the tour manager for the artist and their crew and guests when they come to stage. And I basically help make sure kind of everything's kind of in motion. It's the middleman. I'm the middleman.
2: Like you said, keep everybody happy.
1: Keep everyone happy, and that's what. And I I love doing it. You know, and it's been it's been great. I I've uh, I, I I'm not doing this is the first year because of uh, with all the stuff I have going on with Nightmare and Peekaboo. It's the first year I'm not in that role anymore it's it's really it's bittersweet to say the least but um you know it's been good i'm i'm very thankful for my time there but that's great bro because you're growing yeah yeah no kidding it's been it's been i've been enjoying the 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 whole process it's been it's been quite a fun ride
3: yeah it's easy to uh climb the ladders in this industry if you do it correctly
2: if you work hard
1: yeah keeping your head down working hard and surrounding yourself with the right people i think that's the that's the secret sauce you know it's just don't don't get too caught up in in, uh you know, what's happened around you. If you do a good job and you've just focused on yourself and and you want to learn the craft. And again, yeah, like I said, surround yourself with the right people. You're going to go far.
0: Yeah, I remember when you brought it to my attention when we were sitting down on stage and I was like, oh, what are you doing? We had like a you know little downtime before the show started and you're like, oh, I'm getting ready to go on tour with this artist. And I was like, no way you manage him. And you were like, yeah. I was like, "Whoa!" Oh, that's like, right. That was at the end of last year, right? Yeah. Oh man. Oh, like twenty nineteen. Oh,
1: 2019?
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, bro. And I was sitting there like, I totally was like, "Oh, this guy is just doing the artist liaison stuff." I was. I never knew that you were deep in the game like that.
1: Yeah, man. It's crazy. I've been. I've been a TM for seven years now. Um, I got ten years total in the game now, which has been again wild because I just remember. I still remember it vividly when I first started, but like ten, being ten years in now, it's really really wild to see like just where it's all happening now but and what's dope is that you're humble about it yes. you, you know I, I would hope one day if if something was to ever happen where my head grew a couple couple sizes too big i hope someone would knock me back down because the <laughs> last thing i want is to be is is to just like take full advantage of what i got like i'm just happy to be here you know it, this is all this we're all very lucky and fortunate to be here but you know obviously the hard work pays off but agreed but i i uh no, man, I, I'm really, every day is, is a blessing for sure.
2: How did you get into this?
1: Well, it was, it's a long story, but I know we have we got time. That's why we we we're here. That's we why got, we're here. We got time. Yeah, no. Got time but, for Spotify. So <laughs> it's really wild because uh, to start it off, all of this happened by accident. None of this was really supposed to happen. I did not think I was going to end up in music as my, as my goal from when I was young. Um, I grew up playing ice hockey. Been st- I've been playing since I was four years old and I always thought if I wasn't going to be in the NHL one day, which <laughs> that, that dream was shot pretty early just from what I was doing, but it's okay. I always wanted to be involved. Like maybe I would work in, in, in hockey or sports in some degree. And um, when I was a senior in high school, uh, I was in a game and I got injured and um, it took me out of the running for a, um, for a team that I was talking to in uh, Ontario in Canada I was, I was working to, to go play semi-pro hockey for like at a tier, well, I guess, tier two, junior a, whatever you want to, whatever level you want to call that. That's uh, I was work I was talking to a manager of, or scout from that, from a team out there. Yeah. Had a whole like training program built out. I was doing like, I was traveling to certain cities to do like these scouting combines. It was a whole thing I was investing my time into. And when I got injured, it took me out of the running for it and, you know. The ship keeps moving.
2: Yeah, you, you can't know. bounce back. No, yeah.
1: it was tough, and I'm still, you know, even to this day, I, I I got surgery on it ultimately years later. Um, even to this day, it still affects me. But um, yeah, it was that bad, huh? It was that bad. Yeah, I I have uh, five staples in my right shoulder. Ooh, yeah, yeah. But it, you know what? It, it's it's a blessing and a curse because it brought me into this world. You yeah. know, everything happens yeah. for a reason. Everything, everything happens hap- for a reason. Absolutely. But basically, when I was uh, it was my first semester first semester of senior year when this injury happened. And then for about four or five months, I kind of went into this dark hole of like, I have no purpose anymore. What am I doing? Like, I'm not going to leave home. I grew up in this town, Cupertino, California. It's up in Northern California, basically. So, um, right near, uh, right near Apple headquarters. Okay. I I I know where that's at. Yep. I I grew up right down the street from there and, you know, I thought I wasn't going to leave town. I I was going to go to some local community college and, you know, figure it out from there. But, I there was there was a point one day where I like really just I was up I was up at like one in the morning or something one night in my room and I'm like what am I doing I'm like I'm just sitting around
2: feeling twi- sorry for yourself feeling
1: sorry for myself twiddling my thumbs I don't know what I'm doing at this point and it just occurred to me one day that you know I I love music I've from a young age I, you know, I was, my parents always yelled at me for it, but I'd stay up late at night, you know, torrenting music. You know, I was up on Kazaa, Frostwire, LimeWire, Napster, like the whole, the whole nine. Ooh,
0: you were an internet pirate.
1: Yeah, I I was, (laughs) I'm I'm, you know, I'm sorry, you know, but it was, uh, you know, I was doing that from a young age. My dad got me on computers when I was young. So I've always really been ingrained. I've really loved making mixtapes for friends at school. Always wanted to find the new bands that no one knew about or you know, I always wanted to. I always wanted to share something with someone. So it wasn't EDM. It oh, was everything. I love that. It was everything. It oh, wasn't. Nice. It wasn't just nice. electronic music. It was rock, metal, uh, ska, even. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. It it, it ranged heavily, but heavily electronic influenced. Of course, video games. Of course, from a young age, really helped shape my nice. my taste in electronic music. Um, specifically, the <laughs> Counter Strike. <laughs> I uh-huh. remember Counter Strike. Counter Strike. Oh, um, yeah, I played a lot of Counter Strike in the middle of the night, and um, there were a lot of, a lot of like modded servers that had these radio stations you could tune into while you play, and I'd always find new music playing Counter Strike. Funny enough, interesting, alright right. Yeah. So I, um, I don't know. I like in that time in the middle of the night at one a.m. I was like always like, okay, what what exactly is out there? And there was this group called. Ultraviolet Sound, they were like, I don't know, I don't know how they were like this indie electronic kind of like poppy band at the time. Um, back like years ago, that I was, I always gravitated towards. I always really liked what they did. And then one of the, one of the guys in the band, Ultraviolet Sound, he branched off and started this new project called Brills. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. No way. Yeah. So Brills was one of the members of Ultraviolet Sound and, his wife, Sarah Hudson, was also in the group and um, my ultimate uh, other counterpart of like how uh, he comes later in the story, but his name is Brian Osborne. He goes by Oz. He was also a big, really, uh, he was heavily um, associated with that group as well. But ultimately, you know, I started following Brill's like, oh, I really love this band. I'm going to follow this guy Brill's now. I'm like, you know, I really liked what he's putting out early in early days on SoundCloud. And that was a lot of a lot of really good music. And then ultimately, um one day he launched this project called twonk and it okay was, yeah yeah i remember that yeah so like 2012 right around um, that yeah a little before then around that time yeah so um there was one day he made a post on social media like just talking about his whole whole life story like uh between getting sober and and just the whole his whole journey where he came today and how the brills project came to be it was like this whole long post and like all within this time of me still trying to figure my thing out, I, like, read this whole post he made, and it kind of broke down what Twonk was, and it just, like, a light bulb went off in my head.
3: It clicked to you. It, it clicked. It,
1: it clicked. Like, it was just, like, it just touched me. So, at, at like, 3 a.m. now, I'm, I'm at this point, and I'm just writing an email. I've never done this before. I just wrote a cold email to the email associated him that he had on his website, and I go, hey, man, like, long story short, like, hey, man, I'm this kid from Cupertino, you know, I've been following you since Ultraviolet Sound. You made this whole post. It, you know, it, here's what I'm dealing with. Like, this is such a crazy story. Like, literally had no idea what I was doing, you know? And at the end of it, I asked, you know, if you ever need help with anything, um, let me know. I, and I left it at that. I didn't hear back for a while. And then ultimately, like, I started seeing more things on social media kind of pop up with his Twonk brand. Okay. And then this started blowing up. It started getting a little more attention. And then ultimately, I get. I get a message from this guy, Brian Osborne Oz online. He's like, Hey man, how you doing? And like he like noticed I've just been like poking at following and poking at it. Like I I guess I was one of the early adopters of the project, which I didn't know at the time. Okay. But your
0: email was dated, bro. I guess
1: so. (laughs) That's why. And ultimately he was like, Hey man, like if you come down to Los Angeles, like you should come come meet up and like help work around the office and whatnot. Wow. Wow. And I at that point I was like okay, sure, I, sure, I guess, you know, that would be fun. And, you know, shortly afterward, like we were like talking back and forth and ultimately I was like, okay. And I told my parents the next day, I'm like, hey, I want to move to LA. I want to move to LA and like work on this. It sounds like a movie, bro. Were,
3: were they cool with it? No. They were like, no, don't do this. Wait, how old were you? 17.
2: <gasps> oh my, Shh. you were a child.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, exactly.
2: And so did you, obviously.
1: So... There was a workaround because my parents were, my parents, you know, I love them. I wouldn't be here without them today, right? They're, and they're, they're being
2: parents. They're being parents
1: yeah. and they're being, they're being protective. I'm talking to someone they don't know, you know. You're like
2: 17. 17. You're I'm, I'm, on the I'm, I'm the internet. You're moving to LA all of a sudden. Right.
1: So happening? I phrased it basically like, okay, if I go to community college and I start working towards my education too, like they'll help, they'll, they'll support me through whatever else I'm doing. Like, you know, do your schoolwork first and then you can do whatever else on the side. Okay. so every single day when I move I, and I did basically right after high school, right after I graduated, I gathered my stuff and I just moved to Orange County and I went to Fullerton Junior College. And every day after school, I would drive myself from Fullerton to Culver City every day. Oh,
2: my goodness. Yeah. And
1: I would I would go intern and work in this office with this Oz guy and i would help him with the merch he, he he's like the the gra- he, he's the creative director of the brand and designed all the merch and okay. and the direction for twonk yeah. basically and yeah i would every day basically after school go up there and work with him and then ultimately like i met brills and like you know we sat down and talked and i got to know him better and ultimately like just things kind of just kept rolling on and on and on i'm curious before you
3: continue yeah
1: did your message ever get to him yeah did he actually like see it and is was like is
2: that why he contacted you
1: I I think so. I mean, we, we, we talked through it, but I mean, like there was, I was, I was really involved with the, with supporting the brand really early on. And then also referencing that email too. I think we all talked about it one day and they appreciated and recognized that. And they just, they wanted to help. They, they, they were like, you know, my mentors early on, they, they were trying to teach me a lot of things early on. And awesome. obviously like, it wasn't like a lot at first, you know, I'm, I was this 18 year old kid at the, at the time now kind of coming into a big operation that they're trying to build out and you know ultimately enough a couple years go on and the responsibilities keep growing and they basically allowed me to help run the social media for twonk and help come up with the creative direction with with oz this oz guy like again i wouldn't be here without either of them and um they they kind of you know helped tailor tailor me in
2: they took a chance on you but you didn't disappoint so that's fantastic
1: that is awesome i I love that
2: how crazy you just put it out into the universe and then it just came back exactly
1: and i mean again they they've been so they've they were so accommodating and, and so kind to me and and you know they were very direct with me when things weren't going well either and I really appreciated that too you know because I think it's important to get the constructive criticism okay. early yeah, on yeah that's how we learn
2: that's how we learn
1: right, right so yeah. they a lot of my colleagues I have now and a lot of the people I've met over time that I have the strongest bonds with come from meeting them through the twonk era
4: oh really
1: so I mean I'm I'm about to turn twenty eight in a few weeks so basically like right as I started yeah. Right right. as I started out, right off the bat from high school, I just jumped into it. Oh, wow. So, That's crazy
0: that you came across Brills. Like, he's a very spiritual guy. Right. And I think maybe you, your email spoke to him, bro. Because when I met him, I talked to him and I was like, That's, that guy blew my mind. He was just talking to me like, and I was just like... I've
1: had some very insightful conversations with oh, him and he has, he has a lot of experience. He's seen a lot of things and... I mean, when he has a very warming presence, you know, when you when you talk to him, you know, it's it's a it's a safe space when you talk to him, too, because he's he's come such a long way, too. And I and just seeing him from what he's got, it, it's so it, it was such a I mean, for me, it was an honor to be working with alongside him like early on. And I mean, again, like I said, I wouldn't be here without him or Oz.
0: Even during his brills, like well, when he was brills, I didn't know that he was an older man. yeah. Until somebody brought it to my attention, I was like, No way. <laughs> like he doesn't come off like that. He doesn't think like that. His vibe is just very young. Yeah. And I was like, No way he's that old. <laughs> like it tripped me out, bro. Like that. I mean, not to say it, but it that's a big age. When I when I heard about I heard he was fifty. I don't think he's that old. No. No, like well, let's just say, like he was in his forties and I was young. Sure. I think I was like twenty-eight. Okay, I'm thirty-six now. Okay, got you. But yeah, yeah I, when they told me, I was like, "No way," because I'm used to seeing young right, DJs. right, right. You know, you don't. It's rare that you get older DJs.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. But you know, it's really cool though to see the old, the older DJs still, still going rocking. too. There's a hand, yeah. you know. There's a handful yeah. of them out there, and they still encompass that youthful spirit. And that I think also the younger, the younger generation of industry professionals see that and are inspired by that like i mean i can say that for myself like the people who've been in the game for over 15 to 20 years plus i think it's incredible that they still find the spark in it i think especially from all these newer people coming in and the creativity that they bring to the table oh like benny like benny Benny. remember
0: that day we worked with him i know i was like this guy still got it man
1: yeah man all right
0: we're talking about Benny Benassi? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's crazy. I, when I was texting you, I pulled up that video just now and, you know, him with the skeleton behind yeah. him and everything. He was ha- like a little,
0: little kid, bro. Like, right, love little it. kid I having love it. fun up there.
2: I also think being around young people keeps you young.
0: Yeah, but oh, he sure. he wasn't playing for a minute. No, yeah. He stopped for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, did. Just him being there, I was like, total kid, bro. I was like, wow. That's great. Like, very young at heart.
2: So how did you get into Insomniac?
1: Through Brills. So, you know, I went to EDC with him. I've been going to EDC since uh, 2013, basically. I um,
3: like, You didn't, you worked. You didn't go as a fan. You started off just going.
1: twenty. Okay, so let me be let me clarify. So okay. 20, 2012, I went to EDC as a fan. Okay. Okay, 2013 was the first year I was a guest at EDC. Okay. So I was a guest through Brills okay. at the time. And for about three to four years through that, or let me see yeah 2013 to 2016 I was pretty much th- through Brills okay I was I was out there with him but I, there was only one year of me being an attendee at EDC. That's crazy. I love it I and, love it and then I just kind of I, I then at, through that time I would always go out with the Brills camp because he would be he'd, he'd be a regular customer at EDC. yeah he'd, he'd,
3: he would always be on the lineup. he'd always be on the lineup. So. He was actually the first DJ I think that started like this whole branding image with yeah. his whole like the torque thing and the black pants with the white leg yep. I was like he was the first DJ that I felt that had that look in, in, in his his group of people, I guess we
1: tried to create a whole movement with a, it i mean the, the Twonk movement it it honestly we' we're, we're very it was like a cult to yeah a like a, yeah know? we we felt really thankful for the support that we built and the and the people we met along the way. there were so many incredible people all across the world, honestly. That were supporting us and want to come out to the shows fully decked out like we were and mm-hmm. and sharing their stories about how they've met other people who also really love the project that were also there. You know, the we ended up creating a whole like tour based around it with all these other artists that also really loved the type of music that we're making in the fashion that we were you know, creating. the creating and real trap shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was a fun, it was a great era. I mean, ultimately one of the biggest accomplishments we had, like on the music standpoint was we had our own twonk stage at moonrise festival in Baltimore one year. That's awesome. And it was incredible. Big. The turnout That's was, big. the turnout That's was huge. huge. Yeah. The turnout was incredible. I, I, I was really happy to see like the photos and videos of it afterward and just seeing how actually big it was. But I mean, again, um, but to go back to answer your question about how did I get in mean, with Insomniac Brills, um, you know, he he brought me on. He brought me on to the to the, his guest list. And, you know, is at the time early on and then, you know, as the crew kind of built up, you know, then I would start helping out with a few little things on site here and there because um, he, he, he had a, he has a tour. He had a tour manager at the time that would obviously handle everything else through there. So I didn't really need to do a whole lot, but I would be out there if there was anything related to merch or like any sort of community engagement. It would be me and Oz. We would go out and interface with the fans. Okay. And then, like, help organize, like, meet and greets or, like, a big, like, twonk meetup or something like that. Like, that would be, like, my involvement. All right. On site. But he, aside from that, I kind of had this free reign to go roam around and and connect and meet with as many people as I could. And I started really gravitating towards the production staff. I started gravitating towards the people actually putting on the show. And I met this absolutely... Incredible woman named Haley Miller, and again another person. I'll, I, we can talk about her more in depth later down the line, but she is a huge reason why I'm where I am today too. And I would not have the success or the or the enjoyment out of what I do without her. Okay, okay. so we
2: got to get her on.
1: Yeah, Haley. Oh, I, know
3: she, I know I've worked with her. I know I've worked with her. Oh, uh, she's. Sure. Yeah, I've run if, into her a couple if, of times.
1: If, yeah. if you've been to an Insomniac event, like any any back of a house operational role, or you've been the artist compound or um, working in any any sort of capacity with artists, Haley is in the mix to some degree. Right. She she is she has been with Insomniac and now does a handful of other com- mm-hmm. events as well on top of. it, But has been with Insomniac for years and years. And I ran into her one day. Uh, I think it was 2015, and she I caught her at a good time, I guess, because she's usually just really busy in her in her office, like just kind of working. Th- she's mission control. She's literally at the forefront of it trying to, you know, keep the festival going. And I caught her at a good time. I think it was 6 a.m. after day two or something at at EDC. And I walked up to her and she was drinking a bottle of wine. And I was like, hey, how was your how was your time today? Like, I just just careless, you know, just went up and talked to her. We had a 10 minute conversation. It was lovely. And then I let her go. And she and that was because she had one more day of the festival to do. I didn't want to get too much in her business. And then then after the next night, I tried to go find her again. And I talked to her. I'm like, hey, congratulations on a great show. And I just kind of always I don't know. I, I wanted to I, I felt like after I left that weekend, I wanted to keep in touch with her. But I didn't know when I'd see her again. OK. So then.
2: So you knew who she was. You knew.
3: And you knew her position, like yeah, was yeah, she I didn't fully know her position at okay, the time. Okay.
1: But I knew that she was, was a big was part big. of the operation. But like I didn't want to get to know her because of that. I just she also was just so warm and open okay. and inviting and like I had a really good conversation with her too. And I wanted to just get to know her too. And I didn't yeah, I didn't let her job title influence the way that okay. I was going up to her. It was just like, Oh, she was really nice. So you were a part of the Brills camp still, right? Still, yeah. Yep. And so then, you know, a couple more festivals go around and Brill's is playing other local insomniac events across California. And I end up meeting other staff that work underneath her. Okay. And people kept bringing her up um, just in in passing when I'd be conversing with them about some things. I'm like, and I started connecting dots. Like, is this the same Haley? Like I described her and they're like, oh yeah, that's her. And then I'll never forget it. I had a friend, AJ Lopez, 2016, audio on the bay in in richmond california northern california mm-hmm. i went up to my friend aj at the time who was working um he was working artist relations for the show and i go hey i really want to work for insomniac one day i just decided i really wanted to do it and he's like oh really and like we had a whole conversation and right then and there he just told me like what kind of the things i needed to to focus on and what i needed to do and ultimately like i stayed in touch with him for a while and he put me in touch with Haley on email and we went back and forth a few times just talking and I like touched on my on the time meeting her and she remembered and we were just like having a nice conversation and then ultimately she hit me f- 2017 my first event was Audio on the Bay San Francisco that's great. I didn't do that
0: show did you yeah I think so I didn't, I didn't do
1: it who, who was headlining that one? Do you remember? Shoot, I wish I could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, wish so I, many. I wish I could remember that far back, but um.
2: And you went on as
1: a. I was. I I, I jumped into the artist relations department. Oh. I think that was the where Little Wayne was at.
0: Yeah, that wasn't me. I think I worked on audio It was audio tistic. Yeah. It was almost the same weekend. Yeah. Like back to back weekends or something. Yeah.
1: Like. And yeah, she just put me into it. She she tried. She tried it. She, she took a risk with me and, and, you know, she was like, okay, let's see what you got. And my contact for the show was Billy Smith. Oh, Billy. Yep. He was my lead on the show for that one. And, but I mean, Haley was, I was talking to her on email, but Billy was the one on the ground running the Mm -hmm. show. So I, you know, I worked well with him and then I think that got back and she just started inviting me to more shows and I worked my way up. I wasn't on stages for a while. I, I, I was, uh, I did a few times in the artist compound as a compound liaison, and then later in um, later in 2017, actually, um, the 2017 EDC in May, um, she put me on as the art car liaison. Yeah, so I was in. I was the point man for all the art cars at EDC. Damn, That's I've dope. never worked in art car, but I heard they're pretty wild. They're wild. They are. They are wild. Yeah. Oh, it's, la- oh man. It seems like a little wheels. chaos, but the, <laughs> it's the controlled chaos. Yeah. Oh, it was. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that. Honestly, I think Haley and I bonded really well after that year because of what we dealt with with our cars.
2: Tell us what happened.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It was it was it was a lot. I mean, cause think about this, too. You. You've yeah. been to EDC. You've been, We've all been to EDC. Yeah, never been there. I never. No, I was gonna say never, <laughs> Kirby's never been there. I don't think I've ever attended. That? That you don't want to I work that show. Don't want to work that. I don't show. think so. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, it was it was wild. The art cars, you know, they move. Yes. Also, you know, they they they're not just in one oh, spot. Oh,
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: There, there, there's, uh, there's, they move. You know, multiple times through the night. There's one big parade they do during the fireworks show, and, um, you know. They just have a random movement schedule, and also I'm one person versus five art cars. They have too.
2: There's the five. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I think there's more, there's more now. More now. Yeah, I think more. there is more now. But at, at the time, there were five art cars that I was constantly walking around. I think I walked the most steps in my life. <laughs> Do you remember the number? it Was <laughs> you lost? Oh, five I lost pounds in one oh. night. Oh, it, it was more. <laughs> it, it was yeah. that's it was a an outrageous. Bro. It was an outrageous amount. My calves. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I um you need to get sponsored by Ultra Boost, bro. You know what? I, <laughs> Dr. Scholz.
4: Yeah, Dr. Scholz.
0: We're gonna send this to Adidas and be like, hey, dude, this guy
1: walks. This I walk. I, 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 uh, light, light run, you know, just the fast walk, you know. But I you know, I didn't have a golf cart, I didn't have a cart, I was just me on foot and it was me. I also was this was my that was my first EDC working too. Like at the capacity that I was at, you know, also Wrangling all these different artists that are only playing for an hour each time, getting them all on at the same time in different locations around the festival. Bear in mind, for some people that don't know, the art cars are around the entire footprint of EDC. So I have to be in like.
2: So there was never like a set schedule like this particular card is going to go from point A to point B between this time.
1: Uh, there, so that was the plan. Okay, <laughs> that was the that was the initial plan. But I think that was the year
0: that they didn't have those roads. That's right. Yeah, it was before. That's what, the... Yeah, so i like, yeah. Right, yeah, I totally yep. remember that. I can see it from my stage, bro. Yep, <laughs> yep. I was up on stage, and I can see the mess. I was so, going on. so let me
2: see so you, you yeah. running around. Yeah. you're supposed to be a. That's, that's right. What they, that's
0: what they introduced the roads.
1: That's right. That after that year is when the roads came because of the chaos that I was in the middle of. So
0: So was that a worst experience? It
1: was a great experience. It was was, an experience. It was an experience. (laughs) It wasn't the worst, but it it, let me tell you, it builds character.
2: Absolutely. I like to say an improvement to the festival.
1: Oh, we had a lot of notes for it. (laughs) We had a lot of notes after that. Especially Haley. Haley had a lot of notes (laughs) after that too. But all I can tell you is the the biggest Thing that stood out to me at that point, which was the bonding point between Haley and I, was on, I think it was day three of the festival. And I only knew about one movement for the golf carts for all of them. It was during the parade. Well, there was an unplanned movement on the, uh, I forgot what's the name of the pirate ship one. Do you know the pirate ship art car? You know what I'm talking about? Is that the one with the big owl? No, not the oh. owl. No, 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 no. Not, I know not which one you're owl. talking.
3: I just don't know the name. I don't of know it. the,
1: yeah. no. I
3: don't. It's the pirate ship. We'll okay, just... there,
1: there was a pirate ship art car, and it was uh, the year I know Silk City played. It was Mark Ronson and Diplo. Right. They played that that same year. So I'm I'm trying to remember what that was. But anyway, that art car, it was the closest one to the Neon Garden. Okay, I can remember it vividly. So I I'm I'm basically <laughs> I'm basically um, I'm I'm walking some artists over to that stage. Like, okay, yeah, you're about to go on. Your stage is right here. And I'm, like, walking around the corner to where I think the the car is supposed to be. And I look, and I just see the stage cooler for the the shared hospitality that's supposed to be there. Just sitting there. Two guards just kind of looking around. No art car. Someone stole it? No, so I'm like, hey, where's the car? (laughs) Where's the car? And they're like, oh, it just took off a few minutes ago. I'm like, what do you mean it just took off a few minutes ago? And like it's like ten minutes until these guys I'm standing with are supposed to play. And I like call Haley on the radio I'm like, "Hey, Got a little problem." Like Aaron for Haley, like, and she goes, "Well, what's going on?" And I'm like, "Hey, so so the art car is not here." She's like, "What do you mean? Like it's not here?" <laughs> and I think I, I mean I don't I still don't know the full story of it, but the 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 word of the 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 word of the town the talk of the town was someone. Someone took over the car and just drove it around. Oh my God. A random person, like a random No, there was like a party. There was like a group of people that were friends with the people that owned the art car, I guess. Uh, and I think I they just decided to to. That to was, kind of uh, go on a joy, joyride. Joyride.
0: I think that was B-sides. Oh, I think
3: you're right. I remember we got another that DJ at the end of the day.
1: And. Yeah. And I'm just—I start calling all my colleagues, like, "Hey, does anyone have eyes on this yes, art car? Exactly. Is it behind a stage?" I have all these people checking in, like, "Oh, I don't see it back here." And then all of a sudden, someone caught it. Someone—it so was behind, uh, nonetheless. Wasteland. Yeah. It was behind <laughs> Wasteland, it's like behind the hard style stage. I just—you hear on the mic all the kicks from the hard <laughs> style, I'm like, "Hey, the car's back here." And I'm just like, "What the hell is going on?" And just before that, just be, while that's happening, like in, in like a little bit afterward too, like then, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm like running with these guys, like let's get them on. They got to do the changeover right now. Like I'm like sprinting halfway across, and then out comes ha- comes Haley before um b- before I go run over to the to behind the wasteland to get them on the stage, and I just see Haley just furious, like oh my god, I can't believe these people did that. Like this is ridiculous. Like and I and then her and I are just like half laughing but also half angry like of course this would happen on day three (laughs) art car just gets taken
0: (laughs) the the people that built those art cars are you know
3: they party they party yeah and just so the people who don't know what an art car is it's basically a moving moving floating stage a float a float with dj gear on it speakers and dj's playing on it and
2: As it's moving through the festival.
3: Yeah. And it parks, like you said, and, you know, they have little parties there and then it moves on.
1: So after the festival, we just kind of, like, recapped about, like, the whole experience. Like, we, like, you know, me during the parade changing over people while it's walking. Like, literally, like, I'm, like, baking, like, a makeshift bridge between, like, like, I, like, had, like, a portable ramp that was just, like, built while the car's moving slowly, and I'm, like, getting people on and off while it's moving down Rainbow Road, like, all the way down to Kinetic Field. And I'm just, like, <laughs> like, three different times, like, just going down the line, like, getting people on and off. Oh my and, and then also, like, then at the end of the night, like, when her and I are just celebrating getting through the night, we just start laughing about this situation, like. Of course, someone just takes the car for a joyride.
0: <laughs>
2: Seriously. <laughs> Who does that?
0: That's happened a couple times, though.
1: I, th- I, I think so, yeah, from what I
0: hear. There was one that looked like the Star Wars one. That happened, too. But they didn't get far. Okay. They put a mm-hmm. stop to that. They're like, nope.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that from that point on, Haley and I, we... We really connected well, and she gave me more responsibility through it. I know that was a long answer for how would I start. No, no, no that's, that's great. I
3: um, love it.
1: But yeah, you know, she, um, ever since then, I think we we had a, a mutual respect and, and uh, appreciation for how we handled that. And, and, you know, again, like I said, I wouldn't be here without her. She taught me a lot of what I know today. And, um, you know. Yeah, she,
2: you, you learn a, a lot about a person under pressure.
1: You do. Yes. How they, Actually, how they figure
2: you, things out and handle it and keep going gotta keep yes, going keep going. Gotta, keep going gotta get
3: it
1: done
2: gotta get it done everything works out
3: it always
1: does that's my saying <laughs> everything everything happens for a reason that does. too everything happens for a reason everything will work its, itself out the way it should yeah uh, but ultimately yeah thanks to her after that we just it kind of just kept going and then i met kirby one day and it was all downhill from there. The legendary. Oh. It was after that, right? They put you on stages and all that. That's right. It was right after that. Yeah, yeah I remember, I was working with uh, she Big saw Larry. How,
2: she saw how well you did under, under pressure, and she's like, okay, he's ready for this stage.
1: So they didn't just put me on a, like a small stage off the bat. They put me right away, like what Kirby just said. So there's this fantastic, well-renowned stage manager, Larry Barcello. Uh, I love Larry. Larry Lurker. Love him. And again, you know, he's... He runs a tight ship. He runs a tight he ship, does. and I learned quickly from him. He, you know, he, he definitely gave me a lot of strong, constructive criticism off the bat. But again, I wanted to make sure that I followed all the all the instructions, learned as much as I could, and and just at the ult- at the end of the day, make the artist happy and keep the shit moving. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, him and I, we started doing a lot of shows together over the years. And Kirby was the backline tech for her for, for a long time. You know, time. what's
0: crazy is that. I didn't realize it until you said it right now, but I think I got good at my job because of Larry. Same. Because Larry wants it a certain way. Yeah, he does. And you want to be with Larry. You do. Because everything runs smooth. Right. I have so, to agree with you on that. So now, now, just re- I just realized it right now, bro, that I think I got really good at what I do because of him.
1: I, I, and, and honestly, I think I wanted to become a stage manager because of him too. Which is another one of my most recent things I started doing too. Like, and I took a lot of influence from watching him over the years too. Him, Yablonski, Jacob, all all of them. Most of the most of the stage managers I've worked with over the years in Insomniac. A lot of my, yeah. in a lot of the knowledge I've learned. Bagel, you know him too. Sal, the whole the whole crew has been phenomenal too. And like they got uh, years I, under their belt. Yeah, I
3: have to say every single stage manager that I, that I've worked with with Insomniac has been. Up. amazing and on top of their game and i work other shows too and they are in those shows too so they just travel around they, so do. they are amazing they're known for their work yeah. yeah
1: and i mean i see the way that they interact with the tour managers i see the way they interact with the guests i see from top to bottom everyone doesn't matter if you're the custodial crew or you're the operations manager or you're the executive producer like the way the way that larry and the whole rest of the crew they ran their ship honestly shaped a lot of how I've
0: and it's because they start from the bottom they yeah. check everyone the security yeah. guards they do through, yeah they. hey this is how I want it done and this is how it's gonna go true and he does it and they all do it actually they all yeah. do it yeah.
2: yeah yeah because if you don't run a tight ship that's when things start falling apart Yeah. Yeah. We we. this is a huge huge production like EDC things of that sort things stop falling apart little things and then one thing after another after another just starts to go so right well, when we were... I've been dying to ask you this question when I was stalking you on Instagram getting,
1: preparing <laughs> for this interview. Dun, dun, dun. Um,
2: I, w- we saw that you were at Red Rock.
1: Uh, yes, that was a couple weeks ago.
2: Yeah, how was that?
1: It was incredible. i It's one of the best venues in the country.
3: I was just going to say, it's one of the venues that I've always wanted to go to. When I saw that you worked, I was like, oh, I want to hear about oh, this. That. Cause, so that was
1: my third red rocks ever and that was my first time with a headliner playing red rocks oh really and it was incredible Th- i mean third time's a charm right third time's yeah, a charm. Third time. Third, <laughs> third time i'm there and i'm i'm working with the headliner running it and i mean it was it was incredible
0: now did you get to put your name
1: i do i have my name in in the in the stairwell oh, it's, oh it's, that's that's a thing you gotta awesome. do there it's in there yes Yes. And um, it's there's some there's something really special, and magical about that place. You know, you, everybody you, says you, you look, it just looks magical. You walk in, right. You 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 get in to the to the it's in Morrison, Colorado is the city. It's just west of Denver. Okay. And you you get there and getting into the backstage area, you walk in and it's just <laughs> welcome to Red Rocks. I think it says the biggest rocks in rock and roll. Or, or something like that. I, I, I have the picture somewhere, but it, yeah, it, there's just this big marquee welcoming you in there. And as you're walking up the ramp, coming in all these photos from over the years that the venue's been open of all these legacy acts and all these incredible bands and musicians that have come through. And you just walk through and you're just like, my God,
2: yeah, so-and-so's been here. So-and-so's,
1: so-and-so's been, it, been here. It, I, like, we're here. sharing the space with these people. Like, and, you know, you could say that about most venues in the country, too, yeah. just to some degree. It's but, more like a but, Madison Square Garden type
0: of deal, right? It, like, you know,
1: it feels like... And, and this... Red Rocks and The Gorge, the two prettiest... I think they're the two prettiest venues. Oh, I got the, to
0: work at The Gorge. Right. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, bro.
1: That was beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, so the Same. I've never, never... It's, it's the same kind of thing, the same feeling I think I get doing bo- bo- both the shows. But Red Rocks specifically, you just... You're at that show, everyone's excited to be there. From the, the staff that are there, they all love being there. A lot of them, a lot of the people, AG is the venue or the company that operates out of uh, Red Rocks. Okay. Mm-hmm. All the staff, there, professional on top of it, just polished. Nice. All of them proper. And- the, the natural acoustics of the venue too; it makes the sound just. Yeah, that's what I hear. Chef's kiss. Yeah, <laughs> chef's kiss. You know, it's great. The fans they love coming out to Red Rocks. Coming out to Red Rocks is like, it's a special occasion for artists playing too. They they prep big, special, unique sets for for playing there. Yeah, the prep work that goes into it, the you can feel the nerves, and the and the uh, the I mean the excitement and the nervousness from everyone that's coming into it from the top down management the artist team to the family to all of them well even me you know i even me going into it, it's like this is a big deal for someone Huge deal. big deal for me yeah. like we got to do it right yeah, yeah. so is this your third time there with the same artist or no no no, no, no so i was there for I, my first show i was there for fun um the second time i was working and but i wasn't with the headliner it was one of the direct support, it was a direct support act third time that,
2: that's
0: nice yeah.
2: moving up in the world
1: yeah it was it was uh, you know if
0: you gotta take a page out of his book bro yeah
1: <laughs> but it was uh no it was it was magical i mean like it was a big crowd we went all in on the production and at the end of the day um you know nightmare was really happy with with everything that happened and obviously for me
2: i saw it, one of your pictures and you you have the crowd in the background and you're, everybody just looks so excited, but I guess everybody's excited when they go to a show, sure. but but everybody had like jackets on. It looked cold, but everybody just looked so happy. To oh be yeah. There. And I was
0: like, you know what I've noticed about it. his team is that they're always happy.
1: Yes. Because we, what I've learned about working with them is he cultivates a very family environment, you know, and, and even from the top down that they, they really like, of course it's a big operation. He's a massive, Massive. you know, tier A artist in in the electronic space. And, you know, things have to be done right. But at the same time, we like to have a good time, too. That was
2: another one of my questions that I, I, again, uh, stalking you on Instagram. It looks like you have a lot of fun. How do you find the balance between fun and work? Like, is it difficult?
1: Yes. But as of recently, I have... Here's it's great that you asked that because this is a recent recent thing for me too is touching back to to the reason why I got into this in the first place I kind of lost it a little bit getting like as I progressed in my career the the how, how do you say it like the the rigorous environments that you're put through the long nights the Just all the work that you put in, it's tiring. Yes. You know, there's, there's, you're sometimes working 16 plus hour days. Absolutely. You know, on your feet, on your feet, running around, not sleeping, and you're on to the next thing. Yeah. And, you know, I felt like for a very long time, and, you know, rightfully so, I feel like it took me seven years to feel like it was finally going somewhere. Okay. You know, and I felt like, yeah, I mean, it felt like, yeah, seven years into doing this, it felt like it was finally going somewhere. And up until recently, like between the last, I think the last like three years, I really burnt the candle at both ends. And I feel like I, I've burnt out a few times, you know, I, I, it sucks of course, when it happens, of course. you know, but you put in the work, I kept my head down. I just kept going no matter how hard it got. I just kept going. And there were times where I wanted to give up and I wanted to just go. There was one point during the pandemic too. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to throw in the towel. I did a lot of cool things. I'm to something else, but nope, I stayed with it.
0: Glad you didn't. I know. Yeah. Same. I, like, I like that. I see, I came back and I saw a lot of familiar faces.
1: <laughs> feels good to be, again, it feels good to be back, but again, to answer your question, and this all it ties into that, this year specifically, like within the last three months, I decided no matter how hard and crazy it gets, because it's only going to get crazier, you know, as, as I progress through what I'm doing and I'm working on bigger projects, it's just going to get crazier. It just will, but I don't want to lose sight of the balance between having fun and work. Yeah. And I think a lot of the people can get lost. Absolutely. Yeah. As in it, the fun. In in the fun. Yeah. They can get lost in it. Either you have too much fun, and you kind of take yourself out a bit, or you're working way too hard, and you burn yourself and, out. And you burn yourself out. And you're sitting at the top of the mountain one day, or or whatever it is for, for someone. You know, I don't want to be someone just sitting at the top. And there's no one else around me and I'm just kind of there and it's like, okay, what was all this for? Like, you know, it's cool that I was doing these things, but like who else is around me? Yeah. yeah. You know? And for me, a big reason I got into music was working in music specifically in the, on the back end, is I want to be a part of a, of a system or a, or a group or a family of people. Like, I don't want to do this just by myself. I want to do fun things with my friends. I want to make cool experiences for people. And I want to do the, those things with my friends. I love that. And if I lose sight of that, then what am I doing? What's the point? What's the point? What's the point? So this year I've actually been having more fun. I've been I've been taking at least one day out of a weekend if I'm at a show or if I have a day off to go explore or I have fun at the festival with my friends. And it has brought I've I've had the spark ever since, but it like reignited a flame that was going out. Okay. So Now that I'm having more fun at the shows and I'm trying to find that time to do it, like actually, actually enjoy my time wherever I'm at. It's just that's how I keep going.
2: Well, good, because I feel because people always post the good shit, the happy shit. And whenever you see somebody in the industry, they're always they always look like they're having a lot of fun. So I'm like, God, do they party all the time? But you're the complete opposite. You didn't really like a party or th- until recently where you're like, I need to let my hair down every now and then.
1: Right. Right. It
0: was all business.
2: Oh.
1: It was, it's, it's it, a good thing though. Yeah.
2: No, absolutely. That's why you yeah. are where you are right now.
1: Yeah. I, I, it is st- for me, it's been strictly business for a long time. I mean, like her Kirby is, is a good example of seeing me like on the ground, like even at EDC, you know, I don't stop moving. I, I, I don't, I don't sit down. I'm always doing something. And I enjoy doing that though. I like I, I enjoy my work so much I don't mind working so hard. Yeah. Because it, being
2: tired at the end of the day. Being tired at the
1: end of the day, but like knowing you contributed to a successful production. That's yeah. that's what keeps me going too.
2: You said something earlier when you were talking about early on, you you wanna like uh, share with people. Yes. You want to share with people. That's fantastic. We all need to be like.
0: You get that. a kick out of making people happy. Yeah, huh? I do. That's yeah. good. Like, that's just, what it, I not... get it. I'm like, this guy is so nice to me when I'm at shows. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I've worked with other art like liaisons and shit, but it's like, he goes above. That's good. You know, like he don't have to get me food. He
3: includes me. That's uh, that's a good thing because a lot of uh, artist liaisons don't. I feel. Look out for our positions. No, I get not it. I totally everybody, get it. but there, there's a lot of where, but, like, I'm sitting there and I see we're not stage, their priorities. The stage manager gets food, and I'm sitting there like, fuck, man, I'm hungry. I want to eat. <laughs> yeah, and but, we gotta wait for It's not their job. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not, their, not job. their job. But, but this guy
0: goes over. Goes his head, yeah.
3: he goes out of his way, and that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I need it, more people like that. Because thank you.
1: And yeah, at the end of the at the end of the day, too, like the whole team. You know, I'm not with. The people in the compound. I'm not like I'm with the artists as they come every hour, right, or every half ninety minutes, whatever the set time is. But our little group is is who we got up there, yes. and we all got to keep each other yes hy- hydrated. Look out nourished. for each other. We got to look out for each other while we're out there because for a, a, for instance, like at a show like EDC, where it's like you know a marathon four p.m. to six a.m. or whatever fourteen hours fourteen of, of madness through the entire <laughs> night. You know we're all looking out for each other, and you know.
2: I don't know how you guys do it. I don't. I love it. I love it. Our last episode, I was asking them how they prepare. How do you prepare? Or how did you prepare for a show like that? Are there things that you get ready for? Do you run 5k weeks before?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I've always had this balance again to like, again, because hockey is such a big part of my life too. Before a big event, I'll always go out and like skate. Like, I'll, I'll go out for, like, a free skate or I'll play. Um, like, I, I was a part of a rec league in, in uh, Van Nuys for a while. Okay. Um, so, like, every Wednesday I'll go out and play hockey. What position? Center.
4: Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah, so um, I'll go out for a free skate or I'll, fall, I'll go around and shoot pucks or something or, like, um, just get my head kind of, like, retuned, you know, just to get ready for, for a big, for a big uh, weekend.
2: Are you naturally a, a night owl?
1: Yeah. So from a young age, like, you know,
2: that's why this industry fits you so well.
1: Yep. I, I again, that was a big thing too, like figuring out what I was going to do next after the hockey thing didn't work out. It's like, what can I really hone in on? And, and it's like, oh, the music industry, you know, like they don't stop. I don't either. Yeah. Just,
3: <laughs> so go. Just, just go. You
1: just go. You just go. And, yeah, from a young age, like, my parents would always get so mad at me when, I, when they hear me up walking around in the house at night. They're like, go to bed. It's like,
2: 2 a.m.
1: It's 2 a.m. And I'm, like, on my Game Boy, you know, playing Pokemon or something. Or, or like, I'm, I'm on my computer. And, uh, you know, my dad, gets he used to get so mad at me when I'd be up at night. So he'd, like, shut the Internet off at night because he knew I'd be up.
2: Late.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. So,
3: like, your parents were totally against you coming out here. And now that you're where you're at
1: now, or how do they feel? I mean, they're so proud of me. They, that's they, awesome. they. My dad always says, "Like, yo, we're the pit crew for you. Like, whatever you need, like, Aww. you let us know. Like, we'll help you out." And I mean, seriously, like, you know, I try to. Ch- I and especially now, like, have in the sense of like having fun and like, like taking a step back and 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 enjoying what you've done so far. Like, I've had more time to go up and visit my family. Uh, have you ever family. taken them to a show? Oh, that's I, another. I have. Yes.
2: Did they enjoy it?
1: They, they did. Actually, they really did. And they. What show was it? So I took them years ago. This was before they really accept this is before they really accepted like what I was doing entirely. But I wanted to bring them to a show so they could see how well it was going. But like maybe I'd say two years before they fully accepted what I was doing and understood what I was doing when I was still DJing more regularly because I I was I was having fun DJing for a long time uh, from like 2012 to 2015
0: Oh, so you're a DJ as well.
1: I do. Yes. I do from time to time. Uh, not so much anymore, but I do when the time comes. Uh, but its I, I have fun when I get the opportunity. Good. Um, but end of 2015, I took them to a show in Orange County. I, I played direct support to Keizo and Grand Theft at the Yost Theater ah, before it went away. Nice. And uh, I miss the yeah, Me <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. It's, it's also a place where I got my start in uh, learning about venues too. Okay. So ah. it's a good yeah. little venue. It's a good little venue. Right. Yeah. So I played direct support there to Kezo and um, it was a great show. And my parents, it was a sold out show too. Nonetheless,
0: I think I only went there once. Uh,
3: you're missing yeah. out, man. That was and uh,
1: they saw me performing and the crowd and they met my coworkers at the time at the Yoast and they, they got it. They, they, they loosened up a bit more.
2: Okay, a they were like, okay, may, maybe he, he's, he's doing something with his
1: life. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> and then, yeah. That's you weren't
3: just partying,
1: yeah. going out. And... For the longest time, they thought it, what I was doing, they were just like, oh, you yeah, just partying. It's not a job. It's yeah, not a That's job. the worst. I, oh, man. The comments I'd get at family gatherings Because of holidays, MTV, bro. I mean, it's, I bet you guys could even guess what I would hear. Oh, yeah. I, I bet you could guess what kind of things they'd ask me, and I'm just like, no. Are you sleeping with girls? Sit, are you
2: doing drugs? All, That's the big always. one. All of, how much are you drinking? Yeah.
1: How much are you drinking? When are you going to get a real job? Uh, like real you know, job. Like it's,
0: I work at Staples, Mom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> are you happy? Are you happy? Are you sleeping? I still get that one. Oh. I still get are you sleeping. <laughs> but aside, yes, on the
0: bus. Yeah,
1: the bus. exactly. But aside from that, though, I mean, until I got like, until my dad really saw like my financial stability and like my... My, my, just my overall happiness and just the, I don't know, he, at the end of the day, they both want me to be happy, you know, happy and, and, and healthy, healthy yeah. and successful, and successful. And successful. Yeah, yeah. right. The, the three, yeah. but I think again, seven years into it, that's when it started really happening. You
2: know, in any, any, I think in any industry, when you're young and you're pu- doing your dues, it's going to take you a little while to kind of get your footing and get up there. And, you know, as long as you work hard and hopefully you start progressing. It always takes time. What since you've been in so many things in the industry, is there anything that you would change?
1: uh, Specifically, what would you say if I could change something
2: like, like like how you are treated?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good. It's a great question. I think something that I like to bring to the table personally when I'm at each individual show, no matter where it is. Is I want to be one face, one person that someone can just feel comfortable and safe around.
0: You know what's funny? I've, I've heard that already from managers. When they get you,
1: they see you roll up, oh, it's going to be a good show. That's it. See, that's incredible because that's the kind of thing I want to create when I'm at a show. I want the artists I'm working with. I want the stagehands. I want the security guards. I want all of them the fans, no matter where I'm at, I don't care who it is, what kind of person they are. I want to always be someone at the show that will just either make you smile or you know that you can trust me or if you need a task done, it'll get done. I just want to, I want to be like, just, I don't know, a positive force when I'm at the show, because I think there's a lot of people. And I mean, it goes without saying, you guys have come across hundreds of people in this business over time that are jaded, Yep, that might not feel might not seem excited to be there. Yes. And it's just another day. It's work. Yeah. It's work. Yeah. You know, I think the second I start losing that feeling is when I should probably move on to something else.
2: That's when it's time to retire.
1: But I always no matter how long I'm doing this for, I just want to be I want people to feel comfortable.
2: We need more people like you around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: agree. Seriously. But like the when I hear great feedback like that after a show or I, you know, People just, I, I always, I want to be like, that's, that's the fuel right there. You know, if, when I, when I know at the end of a 16 hour work day and I get like, just a, like even a thank you at thank this, you. the very least. Good job. Good job. Great thank you. Good working with you. Yeah, like, anything good. simple. Like yeah. it doesn't need to be this whole thought out, like yeah. email or letter or whatever, text message. It's just like something like that. Yeah. And I yeah. get a smile out of someone. That's, that's all I need.
2: Sometimes it's the little things that count and it keeps us motivated.
1: That's my thing.
0: So it's like I, I send him a video of him that I, I I saw and I was like, "Oh shit, that's Aaron. <laughs> like, it looks like he's having fun.
3: That's awesome. You know, I want to bring something since you're a tour manager, and we talked about this on uh, an episode before about how tech writers <laughs> never get sent to us correctly, or, or not up, to us, but or updated, in, uh, updated. Oh yeah, I think, and you're in this position if you can. I think each tech writer needs to be stamped with a date.
1: Agreed. I think some of the best tour managers I've learned from, too, in their advances or just on the documents we get, they've all had a letterhead at the top or like a little section that says, please disregard all previous versions of the writer if you've not, and it has like the date. Like if you have a version that is not dated from this point, it is not currently valid. And it should always have the date or or the, or the year, like month, month, month and year. I've run
0: into that problem though. And then they like, Oh, we just sent it to you. Like, so we got the writers two weeks prior to the show. Okay. And yet that's the only writers we have. But the night before that writer gets sent.
1: Yeah. Cause if you have the date, if you guys have a version of, of the, of the writer from like months or like, like a month out and you just, you're just getting the document, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, and you don't know. That's what you're working off of. But if yeah. you see the oh, this writer says it's from 2000. And I've come to you with like, it. I've come have, to you. He has. And
0: oh, I'm like, really? I'm like, hey, okay. bro. Like, I know this isn't it. I know can this you, is old. Yeah. Can you please get me any type of info so I can be ready for the artist? And he does it. And we rip it. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's happened to you, but yeah, no, it has. It has. But it, it. I mean, maybe I your feel- artist liaison doesn't pull
1: go go that extra
0: <laughs> maybe
3: maybe no,
1: but you know some some we can get that info though if you know oh no yeah the, with the right amount of time yeah exactly yeah. like we get it but i agree having the month and date at the top yeah
3: we is need super important because i've had people show up and i'm like have it set up and they're like oh we don't play on that anymore i'm like what's
1: on hell? your rider yeah
3: how, how did how did this even get past? because it goes through several people i'm assuming and then you it get, gets to us and it's like how does this get lost it's crazy
1: you get from the beginning of the booking phase you know the, the agent will send it to the buyer the, one version and then you get an updated writer when the tour manager or production manager starts the actual advance with the, the advance contact from the promoter so then you got these you have to cross-reference the versions and then it gets dispersed to the right teams
2: it yeah, is it's a, a whole. system.
3: It's a whole. System. And, and, and and I can see how it does get mixed up. I'm just saying. I wish multiple emails, multiple yeah, artists. It, it, yeah, it it You know, it's it's tough. I'm not saying it's easy,
0: but
2: it takes a village to to put these things on. There are so many. Yeah, people... does
0: indeed. It takes a village. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That that just have
0: especially to... when you have a hundred plus artists. Oh my god. Oh Jesus. True. It is crazy. Is when it gets real crazy. Yeah, and then we got a lot of three thousands this year. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. I, I I went to the shop and I saw it and I was
1: like,
2: "You did your homework." Now, I don't know how you
1: guys, where you guys are at with this too, but do you, have you guys noticed that a lot of artists are still hesitant about? Oh yeah, on the a lot of people yeah. don't want
0: to play on them, but not this year. It might of, be changing. A lot of the stages have, I think, the first five stages, the big stages,
1: yeah, have all three thousands. I love them personally. I think they're great. I think they're great. They're scared I, of change. That, yeah, people are scared of change. That's right. Well, you get
2: used to using something, and then you know, they don't want to bring something new well, it's, in.
1: It's inevitable, though. These guys have to, these guys got to get used to them. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because You got to
2: change with the times.
1: Everyone is going to be, but it's the same thing that happened with the with the, the 2000s. with the two thousand. Yeah, it was the well, same. Well, not thing. even before that. The the thousand mark threes. You know, everyone was on those early in the early days, or or vinyl. Vinyl to CDJs, mm-hmm. all everyone's like, all the vinyl guys are like, oh, what is this? We'll never change. We'll never change. I was this guy
2: for a long time. <laughs>
1: Rocky.
3: <laughs> never. If, I was like, I'm not going to do it.
1: Right. But then, you know, the, from the Mark 3s to the 2000s, people were a little more excited about the 2000s, I think, when they came out from the Mark 3s. But once you go 2000s, the Nexus 2, or the Nexus 1s, it's like, oh, there's some hesitation by it. Then Nexus 2 comes out. Oh, wow, this is a little better. Now, there's some gap between the 3000 and the 2s. Screen's a little bigger. Screen's a little bigger, you know. There's there's more cue points. There's a, hundreds of functions that are great on it. But I think, I think it addresses a ton of problems that the two thousand Nexus twos didn't have.
3: I totally agree with you one hundred percent. They're not my favorite player, but sure. they are definitely. He's a Denon they, guy. They, uh, He's a Denon guy. Oh, I <laughs> To To me, in my my personal opinion, and I like what's what's good and what makes sense is like. I think Denon like really paid attention to what we wanted to see as a DJ. I think, or you in players to play. like you know just the simple things of like a pitch control? Yeah, yeah. so tight, and then you fill a three thousand. It's just so loose. Mm. You know,
1: it's preference. Yeah, yeah it's it is. I all, guess. It's all preference. You know, but emergency I, loop. It don't. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> what's that? No, exactly. Yeah. I've and you know it's funny lately too on a number handful of shows too like now that th- I feel like. The 2000 Nexus 2s, and maybe, I don't know if you guys have seen this or feel the same way, but I kind of feel like they operate on the same kind of way that the iPhones do. After a certain amount of years, yep. the problems start kind of. It's a firmware issue. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a firmware issue. They start getting a little wonky. Urgency loops start happening a bit more. The, you get the stutter.
0: It's uh, yeah. I I think it has to do with the USB. They don't update the firmware on the USB. Could, could like, so your record box is not comp- like compatible to the newer one. Right, right, right. I know it's happened a few times. Well,
3: I think a lot of DJs too, uh, and I personally go by this rule, is like after a show, I wipe that USB and start fresh. Oh, cool. You have to, because if you constantly go to a new show, just from CDJ to CDJ to CDJ, pulling it out, pulling it out, pulling it out, corrupt, corrupt files start happening. You don't start, you know, reformatting that, that USB. Interesting. I'm, I haven't had for me a problem with me.
1: For me, my only thing that I focus on now is I just make the C. I make sure the CDJ firmware is up to date always. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, when we're at a show with like you know Kirby and you know and and my, the backline vendors that I know, I always work with. Like I always know everything's gonna be pristine. To yeah. But you show up like if I'm on the road, for, for example, which I've seen hundreds of times, and I think a lot for a lot of tour managers or production managers, I know a lot, there's a lot of great ones that do this, but I learned this kind of on my own it's always good to have the latest firmware on a USB drive. It is nice. Um, but
0: sometimes it's not always good to update it till you get right away. Yeah. Like Like, if it's been out like two
3: weeks, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust it.
1: That's fair. But like, I, I agree with that. But for a lot of venues that haven't updated the firmware in like three versions or something like that, like I've, I've gone to some venues in the Midwest. Whoa. And, they have some versions I just haven't seen in a while. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Trust, trust me when I say this. Like, it, it was a common thing. I didn't think it was going to be a thing, but there's a lot of venues that just rent out the decks all the time. They don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, they don't know. And they don't know. And I, and I look, I, first thing I do when the decks go on, I go into this menu. I see what they're at. They're not it. We're not starting the show until I update these. That's crazy. But that, yeah. that shouldn't be your job. It shouldn't be. That's why they have. It shouldn't be. That's
2: yeah. why he's good at what he does. Yeah.
1: No, it shouldn't be my job. You're right. Yeah, that's why they have those guys there. That's why. But that's not always the case. When you're at a venue that is also like a hybrid, like rock venue. Yeah, they're that doesn't, not that have... that does That doesn't do a lot of electronic shows and they're just bringing in, like if you're on a hard ticket tour, right? And you're going to rooms that, you know, don't normally have electronic shows. They might, they do have electronic shows there, right? It's not like your show is the first one, but. So they don't bring in electronic guys? they i mean some rooms do but i was in a bunch of rooms like in in 2021 and 2020 like the few times i was out on the road weren't obviously there weren't many because of the pandemic but the times i was out i'd show up to a club most times again most times would happen in the midwest and the decks were just beat up not linked not linked like (laughs) not linked they they wouldn't be you know the decks would be like there'd be missing uh knobs buttons don't work buttons don't work i'm really
2: surprised that doesn't happen more because these these cdjs they just they're used
3: well not us we, well well at the caliber that we work yeah, we, no. I, I guess yeah i really pay attention to every button me too knob. i'll feel like if it does like you know i'll touch the cue lightly if it doesn't start triggering i know there's a problem not using this one at all
0: pull it boom Right, Not only that, but our, our, the company we work with, no, they they have, have quality, quality yeah, control. Yeah.
1: But when you're on a tour, when you're on a tour then you don't, that doesn't have a big budget to have a whole team to focus on this kind of thing. You know, you wear many hats as the tour manager, yeah. right? You kind of operate as a pseudo production manager in a sense, too.
0: Bring, you know? bring me on, fool. Half price. Hey, let's go. <laughs> half price. I'll do it. I'll but, tell my wife. Half price. because you're a
1: DJ, you know what to look for. And yes, from the experience I've had from my time doing the, the shows and, and having, you know, I have a set at home okay. for fun. Right. I also, you know, I've, I used to, I, I used to operate in Ableton. I even know how, like if I, I, there was an artist that uh, operated, uh, you know, an Ableton live set at a show, I'd be able to Ableton tech probably efficiently too, cause I know how to, I know how to MIDI map. I know how to, how to the session view versus arrangement view. Nice. I, I, you know, right. I, Hell yeah. you know, I can, I can basically help anyone if they're on CDJs or not. Like all that experience just for my personal pleasure. Yes. Has translated into my professional, sp- you know, my professional space. Yeah. What is, what
2: is the most difficult thing you have to deal with on like a day to day basis?
1: The most difficult thing. Yeah. On a day to day basis, or just
3: in general, what's a?
2: Well, no, because like, well, I don't know. Just on the outside looking
1: answering emails.
2: <laughs> probably <laughs> tedious.
1: There are so many hours in the day, and there's only one of you. Yes. I think the thing that I've learned most recently is what to prioritize. Okay. And no matter what you prioritize, the number one thing to prioritize is yourself.
3: Uh, I like that. All right.
1: Because I've seen it happen to my colleagues. I've seen it happen to my close friends. I've seen it happen to my family. If you go too hard and you're out of commission for three days, that's three days of things just Piling up. piling up, and then when you come back and you start to feel good again, you open the door and everything's falling on top of you. All
3: right, you got to work way harder at this point.
1: And then you got to work backwards. Sometimes working too hard and you taking too much of a break, you get sick for too long. You're you're out. Of, you, then it just it it you're playing catch up forever.
2: Yeah, it's a snowball. And then so never...
1: if you can piece together and you can be super organized and, pu- and punctual, create a schedule for yourself and create priorities for each project that you're working on. And you tackle the most important things through the day and the biggest timelines that come soon. And then if there's things that can wait, they can probably wait. I think the biggest thing I've learned from music is that it's it's a hurry up and wait kind of environment. People rush you so fast. People rush you. They want answers right off the bat. They hit you up. They expect an answer in milliseconds yeah right now but then it's like you respond and then they don't respond for three days or something like that yeah. right yeah you know no, yeah I have a,
2: clients yeah. like that too I don't answer and then they get pissed off and then when I am coming from them for money, I don't hear from them for like
1: <laughs> we said this earlier though everything will work itself out the way it needs to it does it does so I think the biggest thing the biggest challenge on a day-to-day basis is knowing what to prioritize okay. and if you if you can come up with some system where you can manage your workload and stress to a degree, which I'm still working on. I I'm, not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I still have a lot of things to work through and I'm still learning. You know, yeah, we're learning constantly. We're every learning. Day. I'm still learning. Every show. I learn something new Me too. every show. So, you know, I always just try to keep that relative. And if something doesn't get done right away, it's not the end of the world.
2: Yeah, I know. Sometimes it feels like it. It feels like it. it, feels it. Like it. <laughs> yeah. But you have to remember it. Yeah,
1: it's not. And I think when I got into that mindset, That also allowed me to start having more fun too. That was to go back to that one too.
2: Besides Red Rock, where is the coolest place you've like a show is taking you?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, Tokyo. Oh, where in Tokyo? I went to. Um, let's see. I went. I went to four cities. I went to Shibuya. I went to Osaka, and let's see, what's the other one? I went to Fukuoka. Man, I it was so it was twenty seventeen. Okay. Fukuoka Osaka. Was that for EDC? No, this was on I was on uh tour with this I was helping manage this. Oh you're gonna love this. Before it was Little Texas. You know the hard style guy? Yeah. Well he's he wasn't doing that before.
0: What was he doing before?
1: He was doing like he was doing a different kind of style of music before he was doing like Randy he has now it was like this um i wouldn't call it i wouldn't even call it future bass it's not, not the right word for it it was just like a more kind of like poppy sound in a way bass house it wouldn't even call i wouldn't even call it bass house he, he was like experiment it was like experimental like it was it was multifaceted he wouldn't focus on one style but like it was not hard style at all before that but we went we went all over we went to three cities in japan uh we took train all around Oh, I it was beautiful it. I was there for a week and a half it was incredible Aww. I didn't like that was the first time like I had been there okay and it was beautiful I it was during cherry blossom season
2: oh it's amazing it was incredible I've only seen
1: pictures <laughs> I, I went to, I went to a shrine one day on, on one of the off days and I got to like from a distance watch a traditional wedding oh that's awesome and Aww. it was like I was watching a movie yeah
2: all in their garb <laughs> and... oh my god it was
1: crazy it was beautiful oh
2: that's fantastic. Yeah,
1: and I mean obviously the you know, I bought a lot of cool clothes out there too cuz the fashion sense and fashion is amazing. the fa- the fashion in Japan is insane. Yeah. Yeah, Tokyo, Osaka, oh, Tokyo, Tokyo Osaka yeah. and Nagoya. There we go. Those are the those were the three. Yeah. Those are the three. We got to go. Yeah. You got to get yeah, out there. It's it's one of the best places to visit in the world.
2: I miss traveling. We haven't traveled since pandemic, even before pandemic.
1: Yeah,
3: it's been a minute yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: Well, I think this year for me, that will change in terms of my favorite places taking me because I'm going back to Europe this year with uh, Nightmare. In, nice. In July and August, we have some a lot of Europe shows. Do and, you know uh, where? Yes. I'll be in London. I'm going to, or yeah, the UK. I'm going to France. I'm going to uh, Belgium. Both weekends at Tomorrowland.
3: Oh, nice.
1: doing yeah, Germany. Poland, Hungary, Austria. And I think there's one more in the mix there, but that's what I got so far. A two-month tour? It's broken up. Okay. It's broken up. Uh, Weekend runs. We have a week off in in Europe to go explore in between both weekends. That's so cool. And then we have a a couple more festivals back in the U.S. Before then, we come back to Europe for a couple more. Damn. It's all festivals out there or his own shows? So the London show is at Ministry of Sound. Ooh. And then the rest of them are all festivals. Do you have a preference working festivals or clubs? It's hard to pick, and I'll tell you why. I like both equally. I like club shows because they're more intimate, mm-hmm. and I think the energy in club shows, if the if the show's right and the artist's right, you, you, it hits a certain spot that you can't get at a festival. But the festival is incredible, and I if I have to pick one, I'll pick a festival because... You're talking about when you're when we're working up there, Kirby, you know, you know, you were looking out
2: the production. is just amazing. It's
1: tripled, quadruple what you'd see in a club setting. Yeah. You know, you have these massive landscapes and structures and scenic pieces and all the SFX. And, uh, you know, the sound is obviously like, you know, incredible normally. Yeah. And you're 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 putting a show on for th- tens of thousands of people. Depending on the show, you know, either it's five thousand, you know, all the way two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand. You know, it's 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 kind of insane to look out there and you see all these people. It's just like a wave of people see a sea of people see a people all just watching what's going on.
2: Having a good time. And
1: you know, I just feel like a little blip just like kind of hiding behind a stick of trust or something. And I'm just looking out there and it's like, holy shit, there's so many people. out there. <laughs> and I love it though. Like that's, I think for me, both, both types of environments really hit it for me. Well, it just depends on,
2: it never gets old. It never gets old.
3: Yeah. I agree. So let me ask you, where do you see yourself going above this? Like tour manager, where do you see yourself next?
1: It's a great question. I've been asked this a few times by some friends who've, you know, they, they always, they always, you know, want to make sure that I'm always thinking and, and staying fresh on top of it. But even for me, like what is next? Well, I think I enjoy right now. I have everything that I want right now. I I didn't even know that this is what I would fall into as well. Being a tour manager also just kind of happened. Um, and it's, it's been great. I, I love, I love traveling. I'm going to do this as long as I can. All right. And you know, I think I've I have a lot of great colleagues who have you know, mentors, colleagues, friends, what you know, the the latter. And I think if I wanted to transition to something else down the line, the right thing will come when the time's right. And I don't want to force it. I think the whole the whole journey that I've had from up until, you know, from 10 years ago to now is it's all just been one foot in front of the other. Yeah, and it just kind of comes to me as it does. It and sounds I th- like it. And I think because um, you're so positive,
4: <laughs>
1: I try, but I think that's it. I I don't think there's really a, there's not really a big sight in mind. If I had to pick something, I would maybe want to be like a festival director or like an executive producer for a company. That's where I feel you're going. You know, that would be that would be a cool step.
3: I could see that for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, no, I could see it too. Oh, uh, especially because you handle the wobble lens. <laughs> you know.
1: That's a, yeah, that, that was a, that project, you know, that's a really fun, that was a really good one for me for years. That was a really big step, stepping stone for me, like stepping into Bill Graham at, at, in San Francisco. And, you know, ultimately from that too, like I'm learning a lot from them right now. um, You know, here and there, I, uh, another planet entertainment, they hit me up earlier this year and they, after, after the wobble land in January, they're like, Hey, do you want to come work some shows with us more? like outside of electronic music and so um a couple months ago I did my first non electronic stage manager show at Bill Graham.
3: Nice.
1: And it was incredible. It was Alt J and Portugal the Man. Oh
3: no way.
1: Yep. And that was a big one for me and and they, you know it went well and I there's can I'm going to do more this was year Was that a too. change of pace? Um no, I mean I've I've been a stage manager for some smaller event companies across the West Coast but at the level sure so yes it was a change of pace because this was such a massive operation that i walked into but i felt comfortable after about two hours into it because of everything i've taken in from what we've done but i think the experience i'm gaining through that now too and the next couple shows i do through there and the tour management i'm doing now and whatever else it'll take me to where i need to go it's preparing you it's preparing me so it's just another it's another step in the in the uh in the story it's just take what I can now really digest it, really perfect the craft. And then what's next will, will happen when it's time.
3: That's great. That's awesome. Well,
1: you brought us a mix, right? I did. Yes.
3: All right. You want to tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah. So it's great. I always love, um, you know, getting to, getting to show, like, again, a big reason why I got into music was to show, uh, you know, from an early age, I love making mixtapes for friends and showing friends, new music. Like even now, like I love showing people new music. And for me, Making this mix was fun. Uh, 30 minutes of just a good taste of both the kinds of styles that I'm really, that really helped me get through my day. Like these days, like I listen to such a wide range of things, but the things that really connect to me right now is a mixture of like one forty, one forty 140 deep dubstep kind of type music all the way into drum and bass. Okay. Ooh. Our last
3: guest, uh, RS1, did a drum and, and bass. bass mix.
1: Yeah, it was good. So... I mean, I, I feel like for me, a lot of my taste in music right now comes from a lot of the artists out of Europe in the UK and France and Germany. A lot of a lot of the artists I have in the mix are focused from there. A lot of my favorite collectives, 2020, 1985, Critical. A lot of those labels are big influences on where my musical palette is right now. Okay. Also, so, it's a wide range. Yeah. Yeah. Um I wanna check that out. Mm, yeah, exciting. so it's it's good. I mean, it's got I, I feel like it's just enough of each style. But I picked those two. I also really love techno. Uh, I've been I've been really like I've been really big on techno for a long time. Just it stems from an early age, but like specifically for me, like I if I had if honestly I had to go one or the other. Because I've been lately like I played I played a few like um underground shows a couple months ago in downtown and i did techno sets there oh, i love it and i love i love uh, i love techno but i also my roots come from bass music so that's why i think for this purpose i was like okay i'm gonna focus on what i like my roots okay so that's why i kind of picked both of those
3: nice Well, let's get into the mix this is set times
4: New York.
5: I like when you got off the plane with the beast mode and everything. It looks like you're ready to play, man. Yep, that's what time it is. kind of shy. Nah. You just don't want to talk, really. I'm just about that action, boss. You're to go get it. You, you, you just like to do it. That's what it is. I ain't never seen no talking with me nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Been like that since I was little. I was raised like
4: that. <laughs>
5: The work's rival. Keep on your thoughts, we don't need your opinions. Came from money, but the background's Irish. All of the other side is West Indians. Lunar Eclipse, so we late night lurking. Came with the gaff, like say you don't bought it. Pop a foot down to the floor with the whip, yeah. Got a sweet out reading one 140. Gluter to lose, now we speaking. French can't hear your talk, you're gonna comp on pa. Tell you the truth, with a like them lot, yeah. None of them white can come around, yeah. Kind of looking that like they ain't going any further. They coulda never flow like these, kinda of evil. Send us a dude, put a bullet in the sky, yeah. Two, two vibes of a fly like eagle. Lunar Eclipse, all dark in the gaff, got the curtains closed, or so the window shut. For anybody saying that they like it, they do it Us man about it. flinging muck Brand new wave, can the tide is turning we got the moon rotating round earth Spin the man round with a thousand words Man, no matter what they look like blouse and skirt Cold with the flow, yeah, roll wrote this one On the old iPhone with a broken screen Think you gonna try test man with a verse like that You're a fucking old machine. They ain't never reaching the devil like this But they think that they are But they actually mad This one here is a national anthem Banner in the sky, man, a flag, in the flag flag I'm going to Get murdered, bro. So don't take no talking. I'll show them mercy. Just kill them out of my can't believe it. Cut this one 60 shots to the ceiling. Them I don't want warfare. they're gonna get two, two jobs in the red back Quick, I find them address about the search engine. go with their folder to they there. It's Jackie weed in the airtight container with the window open. Got this one ringing. They can't believe it with the way we're moving. There's no competing with this position. They remember this with us. Tell them how we are. Kill them out I our them. And am at the international. I'll run with us. Send them on if it's all of them. them, 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 them. Mad with eclipse of them tech that debt. reciprocant, boys wanna move magnificent. Them mother insignificant. New weapon is rapid. Boot off in the distance. We can't see no traffic. One hour I'm in the Midlands. I got two two Saint Lucians, one man from Poland, with a few Jamaicans and a couple more Angolans. Mother moving like robots. Y'all coming like androids. See the older them eating. This one's for the fanboys.
2: Back everybody. We've been listening to the mix with Aaron Gold. Thank you so much for being here. We greatly you. appreciate so it. Thank you. So
1: much again for having me. That was that was fun. It, it was, was fun great, putting that together. That was a
0: great mix, bro.
3: Thank it's you. Good. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was it. like that dark beginning techno kind of sound. Into but not techno drum and, bass. Drum and bass. Yeah, yeah. But I liked it. Was it. Good. I liked it. I'm
1: glad. Yeah. No, it's fun. I like being able, for me again, like I was saying, like it's nice. I tried to progressively bring it that the energy back up and through like you know if i'm if i'm playing a set i like to kind of have that same kind of format obviously different personario but you know build up the yeah. intensity is is always the way i go you
2: go from low
3: to
1: high low to high always low to high never high to low low never. to high
3: Nice. Yeah, well, we dope. appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for coming in. We definitely got to get you back, back on the show. I
1: know. We went for a while.
3: Yeah. We did. This will be officially our longest, uh, longest interview. Show. That
1: is crazy i know i talk a lot it's crazy. no no it's great that's I, good I, for I, us. I, yeah it was great for us but <laughs> <laughs> we <really laughs> want to hear your story man no that's what it's about thank you for having me i mean it's, al- it's a- always fun to talk with other like-minded
2: and we didn't get, even get into like the craziest things that you've seen on, on the road or shows no,
1: or- i got well, plenty of those well that'll be a okay. five-hour podcast yeah, yeah. we'll you know, save
3: it for we'll, the next couple
1: yeah, oh, yeah. parts oh. where can uh, people follow
3: you yeah. or check you out
1: so i am Aaron Gold on all platforms, but I'm spelled A-R-E-N-G-O-L-D-D The two D's at the end, but yeah, on every platform, Twitter, Instagram, where I'm at. But uh, yeah, if you see me around, holler. I love meeting new people, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a real fun one, guys.
3: Maybe someone will send you an inspiring message, and then they'll yeah, climb the ladder. I
1: hope so. I mean, yeah, I I will. I love I love meeting. Like I said, I love meeting new people. If you send a message, I'll definitely respond back any questions or or just want to say hi please
2: you take somebody under their wing and then they're gonna find the ladder oh that'd be awesome yeah i love
1: it i love it pass the torch man. Yeah. Pass the oh torch. absolutely you know i mean either way um uh, please anyone reach out anytime i'm always happy to talk awesome
3: so. thank you for tuning in everybody this is set times and we'll see you next time
0: bye-bye